0: Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr.
2: Drew. Here we are. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, get ready for another episode through the looking gal- glass of reality that we live in, This Life with Dr.
0: Drew and Bob. It's become that, as We are. <laughs>
2: when we started this, or we even talked about starting this... The world was a different place. It was only three years ago.
0: Has it been even three years? I was, it's not two and, quite and a half sure years that. ago. I know. I got some business to take care of before we uh, get on with the show. I have to mention that we are proud to have some amazing sponsors. Uh, the First Lady of Love, our executive producer here, has hammered me to remind you all about these sponsors, so I'm going to dutifully do so. You can go to Dr. and get these products to include Hydrolyte, available at Rite Aid, or at Hydrolyte.com slash D-R-E-D-R-E-W. And for a limited time, the listeners save 30%. Just click on that Hydrolyte banner and use the code drdrew 18 at checkout. It's Hydrolyte, dot com slash Dr. Drew, and then Dr. Drew 18 at checkout. We have a new product called Genotex ToxProtect, created by Genotex Labs. It is a really interesting product. It starts with a simple one-time cheek swab to establish a patient's DNA identity. Once submitted, the sequencing is completed. Then you have this DNA sequence to verify that any subsequent urine samples matches the patient. So you don't have to observe anymore because you know for sure it is the patient's urine. In addition, they screen for synthetic urine, irregular values that would indicate dilution or other adulteration. It pretty much guarantees accountability, and this is a major problem. It's all we have in addiction treatment. <clears throat> it's the only test, is the urine tox screen. We, don't, we really don't do blood tests or anything else. And by the way, they're not as good as the urine tox. So that's our test for addiction. I'm excited to see this service being used, and I think it can significantly improve chances of success in treatment. So think about sharing it with your facility. Go to drdo.com slash toxprotech. That is my website, drdo.com slash T-O-X-P-R-O-T-E-C-T. And then, Bob, here's a product you may like. It's True a dietary supplement designed to boost key cellular resource called NAD, or nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. And to learn more about the research science of True Niagen, very impressive. Go to doctor.com slash True That's T R U N I A G E N. That's at our website, True Niagen. And uh, I'm for your liver. I'm telling you, the the uh, data there looks very impressive, as so you might think about that. And of course, last but not least, our friends at Heal. Uh, this is an amazing product, as has the potential to change health care. Uh, you get a licensed, highly trained, hand selected physician in your home on demand, on your schedule. Guaranteed within two hours, flu shots, physicals, sick, sick children, sick adults, whatever it might be, they will come to you. It's a mobile app that puts the power of demand medical care in your fingertips. Simply sign up at Heal.com, H-E-A-L.com, and uh, they're available seven days a week, 365 days a year, and the regions that are being covered by Heal are growing. Right now it's Los Angeles, Orange, San Diego, and San Francisco counties, Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia. They accept all major insurance plans, or it's just $99 all in without insurance. Check that out at Heal.com slash D-R-E-W today. Now, are you happy, honey? Let's get on with the show. Well, our guest today is Darren Prince. He's a sports and celebrity agent who first started his company at the age of 14. He was a millionaire by the age of 20. He's presently the CEO and president of Prince Marketing Group. Wait, Long-
2: there's, a little, there's a little in between. Hold on, I'm going to He gonna had tell to have you. gone bankrupt by the time he was 25. I'm going to tell you. Or he you, wouldn't be on
0: this life. 26 years, of, <laughs> 26 years on opiates, 10, <laughs> 10 years of sobriety. Hold on. right, He's got a new book, Aiming High, How a Prominent Sports and Celebrity Agent Hit Bottom at the Top. There and, you go.
2: That's hey, what I'm talking about. Hey, Welcome. Darren. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Can you hear us? You're at a music festival? No, what a kind of festival? recovery festival. Oh, recovery festival.
3: The first annual recovery fest. Macklemore is playing, I think, at about 8 o'clock. Oh, my half, God. They're expecting maybe ten, twelve thousand 12,000 people, maybe more.
2: Where is it? Where is it? What part of it? It's asked? in
3: Providence, Rhode Island.
2: Oh, there you go. That's crazy. Who's sponsoring it?
3: A lot of different sponsors. A bunch of um, there's got to be about seven, eight, nine. Buprenorphine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drug companies. Um, so, Darren, Darren, what what are we going to learn from your book? Uh, one more time, you broke up. Well, let me, before I ask about the book, how's Dennis doing? Dennis, we, Darren was instrumentally getting Dennis into celebrity rehab I and sober house. How's our buddy Dennis, Dennis
3: doing? Dennis Robin is doing great. He's had since post-retirement. I'm very proud of him. As we say, it's one day at a time. Um, some days better than others, but uh, he's having a really good year, uh, being a better father. And Drew, as you know, he reconnected with Shirley, his Deborah, mom. and Kim, his mother and his sister, for yeah. a dinner deal. for the first time in 25 years back back in April.
0: In Dallas.
2: In Dallas. You know,
0: it was a really special, very special evening. Was well, it in Dallas? Did you go down to see them? In Dallas. Oh, yep. It
3: was in so Dallas. let
2: me let me tell you something. As a clinician who's been doing this a long time, I always knew that some of the people that looked good getting sober on Celebrity Rehab were not going to do well in the long run. Yeah. And I always thought in my heart of hearts, one day me and Dennis are going to be hanging out and sober laughing about these times. Wow. It might be 10 years from now. It might be 15 years from now. But I had an experience with him at the gym where there was no cameras. Yeah, That was a different Dennis. Uh-huh. Do you understand? Yeah, no, so a lot of Dennis's whole thing is, public persona and reaction to what people think he wants them to be or what you know what i mean Playing a
0: character almost yeah
2: he's playing a character dennis rodman which that's why we say his first and last name that's right right yeah i noticed that you love going to people's real names we also uh, like getting to who he really is you're better out with women to get them to but men are just as defensive and become these fake things and dennis is prime of that it's true that's true i agree and so I'm so glad to hear he's doing good. I know he's, in the end, if he lives, he's going to get sober.
0: I think so, as long as his brain doesn't get too damaged. I, I saw his scans. They scared me. But to tell us about the book, Aiming High, How a Prominent Sports and Celebrity Agent hit bottom at the top.
3: So Aiming High is about my life as a secret uh, opiatic, I would say, for 20-plus years. Very few people knew. Uh, in the end, there was maybe a handful I uh, functioned at a very, very high level managing some of the most revered icons of our time from uh, Smoke and Joe Razor, Magic Johnson, Hulk Hogan, Muhammad Ali, Pamela Anderson when I was 25 years old. And inside I was broken and uh, living the life on the outside that everybody thought they would want uh, and most men would give their right arm for. It, but uh I, I was spiritually sick and disgusted at myself in the end and didn't want to live anymore after 20 plus years of that sort of life and eventually by, by uh the grace of god i found my awakening on july 2nd 2008 and started to live the life i was meant to live rather than the one i thought i was meant to live
2: did you did you get did you seek help and treatment or did we obviously something happened on that day where did you go on that day
3: um, my, my uncle at the time and his girlfriend uh, were in the 12-step rooms, which they still are. And oddly enough, I, I told Drew this, I reminded him, back in 2005, he called me to get Dennis on the show, and Dennis didn't want to do it. And I thought I was sober, I told him I was on Suboxone for a year and a half at the time. And that was one of the first times I realized that being on Suboxone for a year and a half really isn't the smartest thing you can do, because it was absolute hell getting off of it, just as bad as the real stuff. And...
2: The company that makes Suboxone just, just <laughs> edited <it.
0: laughs> just ended his call.
2: That's not a conspiracy, is it, Drew? Uh, okay. So, ju- 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 go ahead, there you go. There we you are, you back. back. You were we talking lost, about yeah. Suboxone and how hard it is to get off of.
3: Yeah, how- I, I, you know, I would have given... I would have given anything to just get off the Suboxone and live one normal, sober, peaceful day. That's how how, that's how much? How much end. were you on? And, uh, Suboxone? I don't remember. I think they were orange pills. I was no, probably taking three of three of them a day. So I don't remember the milligrams back
2: 20, then. Were there two? Orange? Yeah, ones? yeah.
3: No. yeah that, that, it, it was just a horrible existence, man. And um, well, you can't I, go I off it all got,
2: at once. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: no, it was just, and then I was flip-flopping at one point, going back on the real stuff. I remember even people passed away. I couldn't handle it. It was the first client that I lost, and I went back on the real shit for three who days, and then went back who on the who,
2: who, who are you saying died? Evil can Oh, uh, evil can Yeah, he was the greatest, and he was he battled it. Listen, I love hearing that you're at a convention. Listen to all the laughter of sober people in the background. Yeah. That's what sobriety is, and it's being portrayed as this borathon or this rules or this no. this psycho babbleish thing. No. no, it's joy. Sobriety is joy. Exactly. Would you, it, It's freedom.
0: But joy is joy is an interpersonal experience. You have to experience it 100%. with others.
2: Well yep. but listen to the laughter listen to yeah. the community there <laughs> Listen to the motorcycle <laughs> uh,
3: you know we get we got to live life as sober happy people and yeah. we get to laugh for the right reasons not the wrong reasons anymore we're laughing because we're happy not because we're hurting
2: Yeah I just I always embrace the line in the 12 step book uh, we wear our 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 sobriety like a loose comfortable garment and we're not Absolutely. a glum lot. And I, I think that we need to, we need to, we need to f- you know, flush out the glumness of what sobriety is and present it as the joy and freedom that it is. And, and that's what, hopefully what you know, I'm for trying people, to do for, for,
3: for people that really don't understand what the fellowship gives us, uh, to bridge back to life, um, they're shortchanging themselves because it's just a program for living and learning how to get through the ups, the downs, the in-betweens and just doing it sober yeah, and doing it with dignity and, res- and respect, you know?
2: My experience was, in the beginning, um, my life was hard. My, my viewpoint was was horrible. My, my perception of reality was unbalanced. And it helped me get out of that and into a more healthy way of being and looking at the world. Then it also helped me deal with success because success for somebody who suffers from depression and alcoholism yeah. is hard to handle because it doesn't pay off the way you think it does it doesn't mow your lawn it doesn't do everything and magically make everything go away no, no, no. and and so I think we're it's helped me in so many ways and I try to convey it and the, and it and people just don't understand
0: what what do we do with the and probably there are regional differences in 12, in mutual aid societies too right and uh, I, I'm wondering if some of the Stuff you're seeing out here is what's frustrating you. Yeah, I think
2: it's, uh, well, we've just, I've discussed it with other clinicians. It's in Florida, too. So it's as if the psychobabble and the insurance-driven what treatment is has uh. trickled into the 12-step world. And people are, mm-hmm. I, I say it, but, you know, psychotherapy from plumbers. Like, yeah. we don't need that. Yeah, we need no. plumbers to be plumbers and psychotherapists to be psychotherapists.
0: Yes. And Recovering alcoholics to be recovering yeah. alcoholics.
2: And and it's the, all the lines, like everything in society, are all blurred now. Yeah. And and narcissism at the at the center of it, a lot of it, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I,
2: is it with age that you just would that you don't mind staying in your lane? Is that a part of getting old, Drew? Yeah. I don't mind staying in my lane. No, that's part of it. You I don't. don't, I don't, you don't need have... to be the king of everything and the answer of all things. That's right. But when I was thirty, you knew me. Oh <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: but that's all narcissism, borderline.
3: I think that you know the more sober people connect with sober people, we show each other joy a lot more than any therapist could ever do. So, so you know we're learning from each other's experience, what we've been through, how we get through it. And how we do it with a smile and that we're members of the no matter what club, that matter what happens in our life, we're not going to pick up a drink, a drug, or any substance that's going to affect us. You know? Well,
2: what's interesting is uh, you know, the Me Too movement started about three years ago. And, and I, I remember thinking that that's what the 12-step world was to me. It was people who had done the things I'd done, experienced the trauma I'd experienced, and they were sharing their thing too, and it was so powerful. It made me feel not alone, not by myself, that other people had stolen from their moms or, or you know, done these things that I was so ashamed of. That that me too. When when the first time a sponsor says, you know, when you say the most shameful thing, I I won't say what it is. I'll say yeah. it in a general way. I yeah. I traded sex relations for drugs. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Uh. And my the person that was helping me said, oh, me too.
0: Yeah. Right. No, there's there's me too in sobriety. Absolutely, very powerful identification. Absolutely
2: community. Share, share, share. I was just
3: gonna say that that that's 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 why it's identifying and not comparing. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And so you've had this miracle happen. Hopefully it's going to happen for Dennis. I've always thought that it would. I I think he has a... You know, he did something while he was drunk that I just thought was so amazing. He, he had a what house... Huh?
0: Went to North Korea?
2: No. Well, yeah, that. <laughs> well, he solved world peace while he was drunk on a binge. But, but he, he took one of his houses that he, I think he was going to financially lose and put it up for an uh, uh, auction or, or some sort of raffle for this drug program. Oh, wow. Right? I mean, he just yes. has a good heart, man. There's not a Always lot of people had. with good hearts around anymore. Right, no, and, and you hate to see them self-destruct and and debase themselves, and and, and you hate to see that because yeah. when you see somebody with a good heart, right? Everybody, Which, you've yep, know anybody Dennis, that knows
3: him
2: you know Dennis. Yeah. yeah, Phil knows. Everybody knows he's got a good heart. And that's an underappreciated thing. Well, I go back thing.
3: with him 22 years. He's always been that way. Whether he's making $20 million a year or, you know, uh, a few hundred for any year, it didn't matter. He's, he's just, it, it, Dennis isn't about money. He's about, you know, just you know being happy, being around certain people that he cares about. He's got a heart of gold. He'd give every last dollar in his pocket to help somebody out. And this and, is uh, not he's very
2: misunderstood. This is not very BS. That's the truth of the man yeah. that I've known for 15 years. So let me tell you another thing about it. People constantly, yep. he's an easy target. Oh, Dennis Rodman, he's been a target for 25 years since he wore the dress to a book signing. Who hasn't worn a dress to a book signing in my world? So, by the way, so,
0: that's considered now, you know, sort of
2: <laughs> enlightened. <laughs> <laughs> right, <Yeah. laughs> but but let me just time. tell you this: This is a way to shut down criticism of Dennis. All I say to people who are criticizing Dennis, you know, and, the, and unsolicited criticism, you know, that's the new world we live in. I always say, "Do you know that this father f- sired fifty children?" And Dennis yeah, I mean, didn't even right. know his Fair father.
3: It's crazy. And his name's Philander. How about that? <laughs> yeah. well, you say that,
2: and people just stop their criticism of him and say, what? Explain that to me. And I explain it to them. Yeah. And they go, oh, my God. That's what needs to happen in every little way in America yeah. oh, to stop started. this hatefulness.
0: Yeah, yeah. People have right? to stop and understand it. And I think I a
2: guest on a prior podcast said, addressing right when it is. Yeah. So when people always criticize Dennis Robbins, say he's a fool or whatever, over this Korea stuff, yeah. I would say, you know you know what is." childhood was like yeah he slept in backyards
1: was he the only tall one huh was he the only tall he one got, no, he they're... got
0: tall late like when he was 20 no he
2: tells a great story I don't know if it was on Celebrity Rehab the dad came to him when he was famous on the Bulls and said I'm your father and he said fuck you I don't care and just walked away Yeah, I drove yeah. away Couple of weeks later, at a hotel when they were on the road, the dad was standing there with a with a guy that looked exactly like Dennis and said, "I'm your father, and this is one of your brothers." And he said, "Well, I don't know who the fuck you are, but that certainly looks like my brother." <laughs> <laughs>
0: but he got he got tall late, like all of
3: a got sudden, twenty or yeah, nineteen
2: 20 or something. Yeah, but he's oh a godsend. great guy, and I'm so glad you helped. Him exactly the what it
3: is. It was a godsend. He grew nine inches, nine inches. He grew twenty. <laughs> Yeah,
2: it's crazy and so so i want to talk about joe Fraser. he's one of my all-time heroes i have a picture of him in my living room uh what was joe Fraser like
3: uh, he was the best i mean he was just a one-of-a-kind class act all the way he used to tell me that there's no wrong way to do right and no right way to do wrong whoa wait life. say that again that's, that's a great one drew's that, head just almost that, that, exploded good say that one. again there's no wrong way to do right, and there's no right way to do
2: to do wrong.
3: Joe, Joe let me take him to all the big events. Had zero ego. It didn't matter. Pacino, De Niro, Lionel, Ritchie, Spielberg, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson. And I met everybody for them. They were in such awe of people like Ali and Frazier. I spent a lot of time around Ali, too, over the years. And uh, they're two incredible human beings.
2: I mean, did, just did absolutely Joe,
3: remarkable. Did Joe, Joe Frazier Joe was spend... American
2: Oh, sorry. It's, it keeps cutting out, and I don't know when to talk. But, but did Joe Frazier, was he real humble, and he worked at his gym in Philadelphia with young kids and stuff?
3: He, he took every dime that he had and took kids off the street, gave you them lodging, bought this. them cars, fed them, got them clothes. At some point, he had a couple dozen kids. Oops. Uh,
2: okay, we got to get that whole statement again. Yeah, yeah. Everything Dedicated he had his life to, to young to kids. To give them a shot.
0: He said a couple dozen yep. kids living Whatever with him. Whatever he
2: had to do to give these kids. He took kids off the streets of Philadelphia. Wow. Right? Yeah. And, and Ali did his thing in the greater, bigger, more public arena. But Frazier was doing it on a ground level, I heard, for decades. Right? Customato. Yeah. Cus, Didn't even did, care.
3: Did you know He had cus, a high rise in downtown Philly. Beautiful high rise the last five years of his life. If he stayed there a couple days a month, it was a lot. He loved staying in the gym. He loved being right in the middle of uh, downtown Philly, which, you know, obviously wasn't the best part of downtown Philly, and he loved just mentoring those kids mm-hmm. and teaching them about life, not just boxing, teaching them about life and how to just be a good person to do the right thing.
2: And speaking of boxing, so Cus D'Amato was like that also, right? The great trainer.
3: To Mike. Yep, to mm-hmm. Mike. I, 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 I've I done a lot of work with Mike, and, you know, he told me some amazing stories about Mike him. Who? and. Uh, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Mike told me some amazing stories. How Cuss worked on his psyche as a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, and he used to tell uh,
0: <laughs>
2: uh we'll take
3: a
0: little break, be right back. I want to welcome True Niagin to the show. True Niagin, of course, is a dietary supplement designed to boost a key cellular resource called NAD or nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. A lot of research today on NAD. While the science is preliminary, studies are really showing some promising results. I've been watching this carefully. And what's exciting about these studies, it indicates the research suggests that increased NAD levels may potentially help with cellular metabolism, regulate circadian rhythm, and they're even hopeful that it may slow the effects of aging. I take it because the research looks very compelling. Again, these studies are all very early. The science, though, is impressive. Biohacking community has gotten on board with this. I've been intrigued by the possibilities surrounding NAD and the research behind True niogen. I suggest you check out their website for yourself. Back in June, I had the chance to speak with the company's chief scientific advisor, Dr. Charles Brenner, here on this podcast. And it was a fascinating discussion that really piqued my interest in all the possible applications for a product like this. Definitely check out that episode. And to learn more about the research, science, and the True niogen supplements, visit drdrew.com slash That's my site, drdrew.com slash T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N, TrueNiagen. One of the most crucial components of addiction recovery is accountability. Part of what makes addiction so difficult is the inability to self-regulate. Now, this is especially problematic for those in outpatient recovery or pain management program. And while the facilities require regular urine tests to ensure compliance, frequently the actual tests are not even observed. And This led to an epidemic of falsified samples where patients either use someone else's urine or widely available synthetic urine. The result is a lot of addicts carry right on using, undetected, and they get none of the benefits from treatment. The only objective test we have for addiction is the urine screen. Now, recently, I learned about a new solution that virtually eliminates the possibility of faking tests, even in facilities where they are unobserved. This is called ToxProtect, a DNA-verified drug test and lab service that provides 100% sample authenticity. ToxProtect was created by Genetox Labs. Can be used in place of any standard urine drug test. It starts with simple one-time cheek swab to establish the patient's identity. Once submitted, each subsequent screening uses DNA testing to verify that that sample matches the patient. In addition, Protect screens for synthetic urine and irregular values that would indicate dilution or other adulteration. In other words, this pretty much guarantees accountability. I'm excited to see this service being used, and I think it, it will significantly improve an addict's chances for successful recovery. I'm going to be talking more about Genetox Labs and ToxProtect on future shows. Thankfully, ToxProtect is being used by more and more facilities every day. Be sure to ask for it by name wherever you or your loved one is receiving care. To get more information or share it with your facilities, go to drdrew.com toxprotect. That is doctor.com toxprotect. Or- we are back. We are efforting. Darren, is he with us yet? Darren,
1: he's cutting in and out, but he—he's still on the line.
0: There you are,
3: Darren.
2: So tell us what. So tell us about Cuss again, because it cut out.
3: Sorry. Um, so Mike told me one day a couple years ago that Cuss would work on his psyche as a teenager when he first started training with him, when he was fifteen years old, and said, "Mike, you're gonna be just as great as this Capricorn Kings were, and the Capricorn Kings—you really got to know boxing." Ollie, Fraser, and Foreman were all Capricorns. They were all born eight days apart. They all won the Olympic gold medal four years apart. Ollie in 60, Fraser in 64, Foreman in 68. And he goes, That was always the reference. You're gonna be a Capricorn king. Yeah. And Mike said, little by little, I started knocking people out. I started training better. I started dieting better. And I truly started believing that I was become a Capricorn king. I went from kid from the streets to the baddest motherfucker in the world because wow. of, because a auto. and but we also talked about this Bob and so Mike Mike told me even though he was the king of the world at one point at nineteen years old that nobody ever gave him a handbook on how to deal with life being a brother from the streets with a hundred million in the bank oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that and we don't. Think about that. It's easy to judge. You know what I'm saying? Oh, but you wait, know the the. NB- a... I'll tell you
0: what the NBA does.
3: The
2: NBA is doing yeah. a better job than any sport yep. at at getting children. And I believe, you know, from Lonzo Ball to the kids that just got drafted, they are children ready for adult life.
0: No, and 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 millions of dollars. They yeah, really do that's... help them. They. Have, you you and I used to do. Were you with me? We did work for them.
2: No, the NHL.
0: Oh, so I used to work for the NBA, and uh, they're they're. The way they looked after every every single player was amazing, amazing.
2: And so, so you know, I just think that what what you're pointing out is that mentorship uh, uh, is a lost art in our society. And and I try to mentor. I probably mentor like twenty, thirty people. Yeah. And and it makes me have to know the answers and be confident in. Being balanced and informing people the right the right way treatment should be. You're right. Mentoring is key. You mentored me. Yep.
0: Mentoring is it's key. It's
2: lost. I know. And so when you talk about Customato or Joe Frazier or these great icons of sports and of mentorship and the responsibility that it was. Yeah. Right.
0: It's a great it's a great conversation now because we we live in this world of everything being a menu or a recipe or a CBT workbook, or, as opposed to two humans relating and one mentoring, so to speak, the other. I mean, that's a very important and powerful process. It's Bob, Bob have, you had,
3: Bobby, have you had a chance to read my book yet?
2: No, I will, though. I gotta, so do the have intro,
3: Monday is the 43rd anniversary of the Thrill of Manila, which is obviously the greatest fight of all time, Ollie Frazier 3. Yeah. And my book opens. The, <coughs> the intro, which was my crowning achievement, Um, I'm blessed to get Muhammad and Joe together for dinner in 2002 in Philadelphia, the night before the NBA all-star game. And I was high as a kite on opiates because I never felt I belonged, never felt I belonged. I couldn't be present for the moment. I was absolutely zooted. The next day I sat center court with the two Kings, same thing. Um, out of my mind on freaking opiates in and out of the bathroom, snorting them, crushing them. Whatever I had to do because I didn't want to feel. I felt so broken and so unworthy of this honor. These men that I spent hundreds and hundreds of days with collectively. How the hell did Darren Prince, a kid from a special education class.
2: Right. And that's what.
3: Would have given that right arm. And so I finally felt this was the right platform to share that beautiful experience of what it was like being there. Not feeling worthy at the time, but through recovery and just celebrating tenure, I know I had every right to be there. And uh, it took a long, long time to come with grips to that, to understand that who I was back then isn't who I am right now. And uh, that's a beautiful thing, too, about recovery. I was there. I wasn't present. I could look back at it and know I deserved to be there in that moment with those guys. And it was amazing to see them hug, embrace, cry, apologize to one another. The greatest rivalry in the history of global sports. All the taunting, and I was there to witness the two of them. It, it, it was that's, that's the intro of the book. So, well, yeah, Darren, I, I sent I sent Drew a copy, so pick it yeah, up. Yeah, I'll thing.
2: get it. Uh, it's on, I, I'm a eBay guy. I'll find it on eBay.
0: All right, Darren, we're gonna let you go. Enjoy the festival and say hi to Tim and everybody that we know over there. Anna David's there. Anna David, everybody, and uh, please say hi. And we'll talk to you again soon, Darren. We'll look for. In the meantime, we'll read Aiming High. All right.
3: There you go. And uh,
0: aiminghypebook.com aiming or Amazon. They can pick it up. I'm Thanks looking it guys up guys. right now. Bob's getting it right now. All right, Darren. Take care of yourself. Thanks, guys. Talk soon.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks. I want to take some emails now. Go uh ahead. This is an easy one. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's a compliment. I love you and Bob so much. Uh, Celebrity Rehab was beautiful when I found the hashtag YouLive podcast a couple months ago. And all those amazing conversations and episodes, it was like Christmas morning. You guys are doing God's work. This is, thank you, Nama. I think I pronounced her name right. Now, listen to this one. You ready?
2: I'm ordering a book, Drew. I can only do one thing at a time. This is, this is someone that's
0: been uh, emailing us for a while. Okay, what and, is it? And uh, it's uh, Thomas, is that right? Thomas John? Can you please help me? I want to speak out about a terrible thing that took my 18-year-old son's life. Listen to this. It's called autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Many people die from it every year at all ages. I promised myself I would write you every day until I get my story across. Police found a website on my son's computer showing him how to do it. Yeah. Uh, As so few people are willing to talk about the subject due to the embarrassing nature of it, it's time to broadcast the message so parents will know what it is and have a chance to talk with their kids. It's something I wish someone had done for me. Alex would still be alive today. And he goes on to tell the horror of what happened. So this is not uh, brought up enough. Uh, you know, I it's believe... you
2: suspected Chris Cornell was doing. Right?
0: Well, I really expected Anthony Bourdain. That's what happened there. Because even to this day, people are going, I don't why understand, is... he was the least bit depressed. He but was perfectly so... fine the day before. Why
2: so quickly? Like, I was shocked by the Anthony Bourdain thing. Within six hours of his death, it was reported as suicide. Yeah. So was there a note?
0: No. No note local town in French coroner, a little french you know they don't know they they don't they don't think about these things they're not and and listen anyone with history of opiate addiction a hanging death that doesn't go as usual should be considered autodidactic asphyxiation in my humble opinion right
2: i've never done it so i don't know well, but i never had any interest in it it's doing very that. very common
0: and uh, parents need to be aware of it they have websites down for instructing kids how to do it the usual question is why why do they do it why do they do it well for some, the, the sort of reward system is so burned out from opiates that they don't feel satisfaction from normal sexual activity. And so they need some sort of – this gives a higher rush of, of uh, sort of, let's say, endorphins to the brain. And it might be just part of the addiction is trying to get that high again.
2: How come you I've mean? tried almost everything except for that? Do you ever think about that? Why would uh, I not do that? Um, it just seemed like crazy to me.
0: It hadn't become a thing when you were until you've been sober a long, 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 long time. Oh,
2: really? When did it start? No, yeah. Michael Hutchins died of it, right? The that guy was ten from years the next ago, US? right? That was ten years. Way ago. more than that, I think.
0: Yeah. Those fir- are uh first started hearing about it then.
2: But that was reported as what it was. I remember Paula was his girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, now she's dead too. I think. Oh no. Oh God. Uh, I don't but remember? Ba- did uh, you and I talk
0: thing? to uh, David Carradine's
2: uh, ex? Yeah, and yeah. She said he was doing it. Yeah.
0: So. So What's it's it? out there. It's out there. It's a lot, and it's taking young lives. We—I had a friend die of this, and you it, did. Yeah, yeah. a twenty-eight-year-old kid, and uh, he was a—he was a recovering opiate addict. And I. Always... Nineteen
2: ninety-seven is Michael Hutchins. So it's twenty so it's years ago. Twenty years ago. Yeah. I'd Before... never
0: really heard of it till then. By the way, that was where I was How like, "How old oh, are, are we what?
2: that ten years can be twenty years?" And it's like, whatever. I know. <laughs>
0: oh God. I know put your headset on read what oh she wants you to read something
2: okay i'm gonna read this this actually isn't a question just a compliment i love you i just Bob read Morris. it susan you... i just read it oh yeah, yeah. yeah i'd read that one oh, i was, I was talking to oh. darren i'm sorry yeah clearly you weren't so so that's such wait a... this might be a stooge this looks like my wife my friend's <laughs> wife is that right is this is mark Cates' wife
1: <laughs> Don't say that. No,
2: it can't. It can't. It couldn't be. Well, well is, I missed that because
1: is... I was I was talking to Darren because I was trying to apologize that we had to go, but he's going to come back. Yep. and he's going to have some of these people call in. Okay, great. Yeah,
2: I just ordered the book. So. And
1: uh, he's he's very gun ho about this. Great.
2: So. No, he's the real deal. You can tell he's at a convention. Come on, I can't a... fake that. See, I'll tell you one thing. You're around a lot of con artists, yeah.
0: believe it or not. I know that.
2: I know that I know you that. know, and you just would rather not know. Well, I,
0: I listen, I Shelly and I are the real deal. I know that. Right? I, I, There's I, a
2: lot of other people that you consider Anna is the real deal. Yeah. Right? There are a lot of people that you're associated with that aren't the real well,
0: deal. Well, let's put it this way. I'm I, just kidding. Bob, That's Bob, all Bob, I'm going to
2: leave it at. Is like Is me? that bad? <laughs> no,
0: you're the real deal and more, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, but I, he
2: knows what I'm talking about, and and Drew's just too nice sometimes.
0: Hold on, I meet people where they are. <laughs>
2: That's a way of saying. So you're not doing what the doctor on a prior podcast said: confront things in the moment when they're full of shit.
0: Um, if I feel it's productive, I will. Okay. Yeah. If I let's feel like get through,
2: let's start doing that a little bit. Why don't okay. We invite right. some old guests on. Okay. <laughs>
1: I'm
2: good with that. You give me a list. I don't want to be mean, but it just it's not good for the person who's distorting things.
0: Yeah. I think right? I, see I, I look at that and I think, Oh, they're sick, you know, what are they they're just not
2: right. Mike
1: Catherwood's the real deal Yeah. Corano's good, right?
2: Yeah, Corano's the Carano is like a patient. <laughs> like, he's a he real that. deal. <laughs> He was so, he got to the party. Yeah. I hate to keep bringing up your he birthday party. He was so anxious. He's like, I don't know. How are you going to be funny in a room like this? How are you going to be they funny? All, I was like, who cares? It's, it's Drew's not. birthday. Yeah, They all
0: were like that. All the comedians were like that. <laughs> and then
2: they were like, oh. We this is not right. Because they were out of control of it. It wasn't a comedy stand-up club. Right, right. It was like, you're going to go up there and do whatever. And I hate to
1: say this, but I just needed a recording so I could write it off.
2: Oh,
1: stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> See, that's it's actually that's, fun. That's but.
2: the end more part of your wife. <laughs> And more? <laughs> and more, and more,
1: and <laughs> more. It's so funny because I would, I wanted to give him a birthday party, and he said, "I don't want a birthday party. Don't spend any money. I don't want to do anything." And I called Valerie, and I was like, "He doesn't want to do it." And I said, "But I, I kind of like, this work, plan be okay. to do a roast but, at a comedy club and make a podcast. So
0: make it a podcast and make donations and make it a charitable I, event. Yeah, like, a right.
1: fundraiser." And and I told, so I pitched it to Drew, and he goes oh, okay, make sure you invite this person and this person and this person. You should
2: have told the comedians that. That's I'm all I'm saying. I'm sorry if we missed anybody. They're, I feel terrible. Here's, I'm so codependent everywhere I go. And I, I, you know what? When that person mentioned Alanon, I should go back to al I'm calling myself out on that. But anyways, uh, I was so codependent. I was like, Nate, when he gets these tapes, is going to be able to make two shows out of it. <laughs> That's all I cared about. You gotta, it's gotta, I know there's a lot of craziness going on. What was funny to me is the people that stayed way in the back and were talking, 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 they were all very conscious of when their turn was. Oh, yeah. Right? And I was like, be out here a part of it. There's yeah. nobody up in front. You And I'll tell you, it was some of my favorite people in your world. Mm-hmm. I won't say who they were, but it's Mike and Anderson. Yeah. We're in the Anderson far back booth. Talking. Talking. The and K-Rock I was like, come on, came. get over here. Yeah. Right, yeah. And Mike was like, I have to host the second part so I get to sit back here.
1: <laughs> I know. But I think even Adam had fun. Adam and Drew are dying
2: up here. Let's go up there.
1: <laughs> I, think he had, I think Adam had fun too.
2: He did, because he loves hostility. Joel
1: McHale showed up, <laughs> which is really cool because he's, he's been a friend of ours for a long time. and right. we, we never see him. He I, wasn't he, nervous.
2: No, he I he could tell it. the nervous ones of Saget, Tom Arnold. Nikki Mike, Glazer was freaked Mike, out. Uh, well,
1: because they had to kick it off uh
0: Nikki was a little freaked out
1: well the, well, the straight only... people who
2: aren't comedians but yeah. the comedians were like they were either going to seize it and try to do the best they could but there was a lot <laughs> of them are very
1: they let's say they're
2: not used to that kind of you know yeah. open mic Roasting. night type thing right
0: They they used to doing their improv. act right and this was improv you had
2: they- to you had to battle <laughs> Right? I thought that I practiced my joke. I was gonna make it seem like I didn't know it was your birthday and that you and Adam were finally coming out of the closet and getting married. And
1: no (laughs) one got the joke. Nobody can hear you. (laughs) But you know what? It started. Did you not get it? You were sitting right there, Drew.
0: I just don't remember it. (laughs) <laughs> you and I were talking about flawed memories earlier. I just don't remember. Oh, there's Nobody your memory Nobody wanted thing. to
1: roast Drew. I had all these people lined up, and I said, hey, it's going to be kind of a rose-toes thing. And she, Well, I don't do roasts, and I just would feel very uncomfortable saying mean things about Drew. And I was like, oh, great. So I had to completely reformat I said, you know, it really doesn't matter. Just get up there and say something funny about anything you know so anything. adam Talk
2: was adam was a little kind to you i think he was a little emotional that it was he your was. 60th birthday 60 is a scary number <laughs> to 57 year olds just so you know how old is adam he's about
0: 55
2: i think yeah 54. that's a, that, that your yeah. peer and equal is six zero I remember I felt like that. Like, Drew can't be 60 because then that means I'm close to 60. And and he, this he, is up. And, and he went through <laughs> prostate <laughs> cancer.
1: He he had cancer and he's he's still And alive. you're still chucking. I know. And now we you're raised, on this meat diet. We raised some money. We had some good donations from our friends. I know. It's very That's nice. That's great. Should and we thank was... some of
0: the, the prominent Should ones? we say the funniest
2: sure. moment of the night at the, at the car checkout with Tom Arnold and sure. my lovely you wife? I think
0: you did it on the show already, but go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we're leaving. Uh, you
0: said it was Bob Saget on the no, show. No, it was Tom Arnold. Yeah, I know. So, and so
2: Tom Arnold is just he. He was he was he's like a hurricane anywhere he goes, isn't he? Yeah. What's he like at the bank? You ever think of that?
0: Tornado. Still like, <laughs> sweating.
1: He's very <laughs> dis, disorganized. Can he
2: ways. wait for fast food to be made? <laughs> like I just can't imagine the stress level of his daily existence. <laughs> I had lunch so, with him once where he was calm.
1: Yeah,
2: I did. Was it part when he was relapsing? I'm, I
0: no, it was... Uh, <laughs> was uh, think about it. <laughs> he was on a special diet then. And he was really taking care of himself. Instead.
2: I love the guy. I've known yeah. him for 30 years now. I know. It's really sweet of him. And he is getting worse. I he can tell you that. He flew in
1: from another state to see
2: It's it. getting worse. Mm. He was much more...
1: He was fun, but,
2: but not but not... Maybe
0: this TV show is making him wind up. Yeah. You know? Well,
2: maybe it's maybe it's this last two years making everybody wind up. we just getting man. old. Right, I got to tell you, so, so we're waiting. We get our car first. He's talking to Chrissy, my wife, and then he says to her, your dad is one of the greatest guys in LA. Don't ever forget it.
0: Talking to your wife about you. <laughs> yes,
2: referring to me as her, her father. Him. So that, that was funny. one thing, uh, but then no, I want to no. talk about the, the trial yesterday. So Chrissy's reaction... Coming from – and the, the reason office. why we click is her dad is much older and she was raised in a more like f- how we were raised yeah. family system. She was staring. We were in Laguna during the beginning part with the woman's in testimony. The morning, and she Ford. was like – this was empowering to women, that woman talking because yes. yes. she was so poised and so dignified. Yes. and And – and then we drove from Laguna to our Claremont house and watched the Kavanaugh part. Oh, boy. And she just stood in the living room with her mouth open. Yeah. And just walked out of the room. Mm-hmm. And I just thought she's atypical of suburban, white suburban educated women. I don't think so. I'm not, th- I'm not sure it's atypical. They were aghast at how Kavanaugh <laughs> well, behaved.
0: she was not. Were you?
1: Well, I first, when I first heard about it, I said, you know, here's a guy, he was in high school. And in the eighties, nineteen eighty two, which is sexual revolution, lots of drinking, everything. And I thought to myself, you know, first of all, think of your like our kids in that age group. Mm-hmm. Like they were all assholes then, quite frankly. I just, I understand I that, but that's not his that behavior. Did you but watch he was, the testimony? He was the, he, he was first in his class. He was on the football team. He was on the. the, 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 the he did Who all these. Cares there was a so thousand male those in his school, and this girl. They, he was at a party. He may not remember it. He may be. He has this thing. His his diary and all these things, and you know, and and most of his life, he's been a really stand up person. Maybe he in his freshman year in college, he didn't get along with his roommates. He drank too much, and people do, kind of remember their freshman year with their roommates nobody ever likes each other in freshman year I had three kids in their freshman year in college and only one of them liked his roommate out of two out of three but but that's such a weird time to have to remember go back to and define your entire life by I mean I think this guy has done a lot since then He's he has been a judge in high court. He he is a, he is aggressive and he's well, not but gonna, I mean I can
2: just counter that. He's done a lot of horrible things in my opinion from my point of view. Yeah. He's the one that no, said blowjobs jobs and cigars in the Clinton. Those are his suggestions to the Star Report. He is not some choir right. boy. I don't know he all, is all a, those things He is a partisan a hack politician slash lawyer slash judge. I don't know
1: that, but from what I saw on well, that TV, you t- he was standing up for his, the things he's done well, his family. He doesn't want his whole life destroyed because of this. Well,
2: he didn't seem to care when it was Chelsea Clinton's life being destroyed. So that's something... Well, if I don't you know wanted, any of that. But, if I'm you, not look- but then you should I'm know apolitical. those facts. He was on I'm the a-political. Star Report as an up-and-coming people. lawyer. He's the one who even Star said, some of these questions I don't know about, about asking about the scar. Did you come in her mouth? All these Disgusting things came from Brett Kavanaugh. Really, I yes. didn't know that. Okay, and so now he's getting twenty-five years later the retribution right. of that. No, and, but his I'm not reaction what he to did it was
1: right, Bob. But when I was watching it and I was watching him defend himself, I felt like he has a right to have his side of the story. Right, and and honestly, I it's not the white privilege part of it is is sad i don't
2: get the white privilege you don't see that part no but i hear about it so i'll go with it i understand it like listen i understand that component of it but this was simply a man becoming unraveled on nationwide tv because he's not getting his way right it was like a baby
1: he's a job interview.
2: We're going down a rabbit hole with other people's lives, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I just want – this, this is a Senate subcommittee hearing about putting him – confirming him forward to be voted on for the Supreme Court. It is not a he said, she said. It is not this or that or what the America is being distracted with by his behavior. Now, here's interesting. It's a character assassination,
1: his, though, on some level. But
2: how you react to character assassination it says who you are as a character. Mm-hmm. And Louis C.K.'s reaction to the his was was the proper decorum. To those kind of accusations right he didn't say my daughters he didn't do all these histrionics that Kavanaugh did he simply said between the public and him and these women what he did was wrong and he's sorry there was a certain point with Kavanaugh in the beginning he was very tearful reading his statement mm-hmm. it was aggressive but I was like okay when he okay then and and he got tearful talking about his father and for sure. Father. Yeah and i thought okay he's going to have contrition and then he just comes off as this belligerent mm-hmm. like alcoholic well that's the and lawyer i don't mind label him him an alcoholic he has Busted blood vessels throughout his face. He's screaming, defending, drinking on the Senate confirmation hearing. This is, it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't take
1: too much. I just felt like he was being a thorough judge attorney with his own defense. And he was trying to hit everything so that people would understand how that would work. And that's all I thought. But Louis C.K.
2: didn't do that. Les Moonves didn't do that. Harvey Weinstein didn't even do that. All Harvey Weinstein said was, I'm the biggest donor to Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Right, he didn't talk about what it does to his wife or his family. None of these Mm -hmm. Me Tooers did what Kavanaugh did yesterday.
1: Yes, and the the only person
2: who did that was Donald Trump.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And that's what's gonna. I just felt like if he would just said, "I'm sorry." I don't remember it like this. I don't even remember the night. We're talking about and how horrible is the world that, that it can one event can affect somebody for life, and one, and and a, a male uh, and me f- not even think about
1: it. Lindsey Graham, need f- totally a way forward right. from Lindsey yes. Graham made me feel like there was one person in the room that really thought. I felt. The same way Lindsey Graham did, the way that it was being handled, and that's how I felt for Kavanaugh. Not necessarily whether he did it or not, and who was lying. It was just, it was just such but,
0: a. But your, but your point is well taken, Bob. That it would, it would have been even if he a, didn't
2: do it, he could have said, "I don't remember support- it," but we need a way forward out of this. Yes, yeah, so just yeah, saying. Just craft- saying my, those are the heroes we need on the Supreme Court, yeah. and I trust. And I'm going to get a bunch of shit from my lefty and left of center friends, and almost all my Democratic friends. I trust just judge Roberts to steer this court. It's our only hope. Because politics are steering this court, and I'm hoping there are some people, some men and women, bigger than politics, bigger than partisanship.
0: God, I hope so. We need them soon. It it better (laughs) be Justice Roberts. Yeah. (laughs) All right, you guys. Should we wrap this thing up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. My point of view is so weird, but I'm just watching TV. I, I am not into politics at all. I don't know who's who, so I probably have no voice. And I do appreciate the fact that women have an opportunity to make change now. All right. We'll see. Very
0: happy. Thank you all for this. Thank you to Darren, the Amy Highs, the book. Uh, check out myself and Lawrence Vaughn, KBC Midday Live talk show we do there Monday through Friday noon to three. Also at KGO in San Francisco. Go to doctor. dot com. Get our weekly uh, lose letter and sign up for. Uh, the you know, I list. ordered
2: the book and it said it's not out yet that I've just ordered it, pre-ordered it.
0: I think it may not be out for another week or so, actually. Okay. So, uh, but Well, I've this will be out. I I think it'll think be a, out by the time we yeah. get there. Right. Oh, okay. And uh, I am going to have an audiobook of our Opium Series. It is, it is fascinating and extensive. And can we
2: start a new political party, the Radical Center?
0: I want to be in the Radical Center. I really do. So if you want I, to I, find I, the I, Opium I, Series. I feel like I'm watching. Will we two... be hated
2: by everybody? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm
0: watching two simultaneous films, and I can see both of them. And and reality is somewhere in between. And I'd like to, like, do everybody join us in reality, please? So, all right. Uh, what's that, Susan?
1: Find it at com.
0: The opium series? Well, the audiobook where we put it Once up. Once it's up. And we may put it, uh, some parts of it up on his weekly infusion too. So look for If it you
2: there, take so. an uh, Afghani uh, opium poppy and yeah. just chew on it, will it get you high?
0: No. Nope. You have to take the milk, and then you have to do some some make it an alkaloid and do some stuff to it. But uh, and even then,
2: but the but the but the coca leaves in Peru you can chew on and they you, get you, you high. You
0: have to alkalinize that too with some, You have to make put some salt in it, and then it will get you high. Yeah, you okay. chew on the leaf leaf with salt. That's why they have these salt sticks. They stick the sticks in the salt, and stick the stick in there. <laughs> They you, the... can't, you can't see it at home. Drew
2: yeah. was really doing it. How well, they, they did because they would it. jam the
0: leaf in the back of their mouth with this salt stick. And uh, why?
2: Because uh, just stick it back there and suck on it. And, you know. When did they realize you could that powder a lot
1: more than? Cap.
2: Well, this is the history of drugs. So you're going to do a <laughs> stimulant one too
1: next?
0: Uh, well, if this is well received, dude, the opiate. Well, thing... you
2: know that that the opiate thing has created a huge upswing in this. It's called shake and bake meth. Oh, we Christ. could do a whole thing on it next. You Maybe can make. Meth in your house with things you can buy at Home Depot and a a drugstore. Oh, my God. That's what people are taking because they can't get their hands on opiates or drugs or whatever. Well, they're
0: doing it with the opiates. They're doing meth and opiates now. It's crazy. Yeah, the meth thing is out of control right now.
2: So, you got to do a stimulant thing. That's what I'm saying. All right. All right. We'll see all right. All right. see you next time.
0: All right. That's about it for this episode of This Life. Check us out at KBC, being uh, Lawrence Savon, 790 Midday Live Talk Radio, Monday to Friday. You can also tune in every day live via the magic of the internet at kbc.com. If you miss it, we've made it simple for you to find all the shows. At drdrew.com, the Adam and Dr. Drew podcast, the single one I do by myself, Dr. Drew podcast, This Life, of course, with Bob Swole Patrol, Mike Cantho, his new health and fitness podcast. You can uh, find us on Twitter at This Life Podcast, at DrDrew, at Rehab Bob Forrest, and of course, our lovely producer at First Lady of Love. I think I know who that is. If you love the show, please subscribe and tell a friend. We appreciate it when you do. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Send us a message. Join the email list at drdrew.com, com slash contact, You'll also get a weekly email from us on that. Uh, While you're at it, at doctor.com, please support our sponsors by clicking through the banners. We only advertise products that I can get behind. So thank you for supporting them, those that support us. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.